believe that in the 21st century, the topic of periods remains a taboo. My name is Leah, and in this podcast, I interview different people from different walks of life and different stories, and we talk about periods, because it is time to normalize the conversation around our blood. This is I Bleed. Cassandra is a naturopathic doctor who, like me, strongly believes that knowledge is power. Known as the Menstruation Queen, she uses her platform to provide women information about their cycle and actively talks about misconceptions that exist around our periods. Her aim is to ensure that women have enough knowledge to make informed and empowered decisions about their bodies. You know, I always knew I wanted to do it. So I was 12 or 13 when I heard, first heard about it. And I remember it just clicking, like, of course, the body can heal itself. Of course, if it has the right tools, it can heal itself. So um, yeah, I knew very early <laughs> that this is what I would do. Really? And you knew that you wanted to go into naturopathy, not like medicine. Yeah, I had had a lot of little health things as a kid. And I remember kind of getting the runaround even then where just feeling like, why is no one getting to the bottom of this? Why are we just continuing to like use these topical creams or these steroids and things that like this isn't fixing it, obviously. Right. So I was kind of disillusioned even at a young age. Ah, uh, right. And can you explain to me a little bit, like for those who don't know, like what, what is the philosophy behind naturopathy and how does it differ from traditional medicine or like Ayurveda or homeopathy, for example? Mm. Good question. So naturopathy really is like a huge umbrella. So some would say Ayurveda and homeopathy could fall under naturopathy, but the real tenets behind naturopathy is believing that the body has an innate ability to heal and that the body doesn't do anything at random. So there's always a root cause to something. So for example, in my line of work, if someone comes in and has a hormone issue, we're not necessarily going to say, oh, well, let's just give you some progesterone cream or let's just fix that. We want to know why is the body not making that hormone. So we kind of go the next layer. So we're always looking for the why or the deeper meaning. And we also believe in that marriage of the mind, body, and spirit. So we recognize that emotions and trauma can also manifest eventually into physical ailments. So I like to think of it as a really all-encompassing form of medicine. And by the time people come to work with someone like me, they're usually so so overwhelmed by the lack of care that they've received. And so it's really a revolutionary approach for them. Right. But it's a shame that it's not the first approach that they go to, right? That's like always like, because I always feel like, you know, with traditional medicine, like it, if you have an ailment, it can go on for such a long time without really looking at the root cause and you keep adding layers. Whereas if I would just look at the root cause initially in my approach to whatever problem I'm going for, it would really change my life but I think you know the way we grow up we're never taught about this connection between the mind the body and like looking at the root cause I don't know it's so weird uh, our understanding of our body is so not aligned with the the way it works really you know right yeah 
And and what made you go from naturopathy to menstruation? Because you are the menstruation queen, right? On, <laughs> yes. On Instagram. <laughs> and why the menstruation queen? Like, why did you pick that name? And what was your drive to become an expert in menstruation, per se? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think like many teachers or healers or whatever you want to call, you know, people that that help others, we often do it because it's something very personal and close to home. And so for me growing up, I'd had a lot of very irregular cycles and periods. And I remember being told over and over that birth control was the only option. And again, that never sat right with me. I thought, well, what is that fixing though? That doesn't sound like it makes a lot of sense, even though, you know, I'm only 18 or 19 years old. What do I know? but I knew that approach didn't resonate. And so when I started in naturopathic school, I kind of went in with this motive of, I want to figure out what these gaps are. Why do we act like women's health is so mysterious? Why do we act like hormones are just, no one can figure them out? Why do we act like menstruation is something that's just inherently going to be painful and debilitating for women? Like why? This doesn't make any sense. If this was a male problem, I'm sure there would be solutions, right? There would be definite answers, but not for us. So through that research started to illuminate a lot of the big gaps in even the research and our understanding of how female bodies work. And around that same time, I was starting to lead women's retreats and women's circles. And so more of that, that sacred side of it, more of like the, the traditional roots of the red tent and the significance of women gathering and bleeding together. And so I started leading these retreats and I would do a whole workshop about periods because I thought no one knows anything about this. And most people are coming in with this perception that periods are terrible. And, you know, if you can have a birth control method that deletes it better than that's the best option. And it was through those retreats and those workshops that people started saying, Cassandra, it's like, it's like you're the menstruation queen. Like, you know more than anyone else about it. And so I kept hearing that term used for me. And finally, I thought, well, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to assume it. <laughs> I'm going to take yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I'll be the menstruation queen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I like that I had that opportunity to do the more research side, the science side, and then also that spiritual side, because I think there is such an important merging that needs to happen between those two beliefs. Definitely. And, you know, I think the problem is, like, I think what I see sometimes is that like when people just opt for the spiritual side, it's very difficult for people who are not into the spiritual side to um, take in the information. Although a lot of the information given by spiritual women is valuable, but it's not packaged in a way that a corporate woman would be okay to take it in. You know, that was like, like you know even for me when I started this work because my work was mainly research and I was joining a lot of these women's circles and at first it was like it felt too hippie like you know for me I just felt like I don't really connect but then I really like what they were saying right I might I might not feel like like a hippie not that I have a problem with being a hippie but it's just like I didn't feel like I you know I like, and I was more even open, but someone like who's really not a hippie, who, was, who works right. at the bank, if I told them, yeah, I'm like joining a circle and we're singing and we're like drawing to our blood, they would think that there was a problem in my head, like, you know, that, I, <laughs> that, I, that I lost it. <laughs> but like, but there was a beauty in it. And I think the combination of science with the spiritual is a great, like, mix because it, can reach more people somehow and makes exactly. it more accessible. 
right? Yes, because then people can find the piece that resonates. So some people, yeah, when they follow my work, they're, they just want the hormone info. You know, they're very linear minded and that's fine. And then other people are like, but Cassandra, like tell us the rituals and you know, like there's space for that too. Yes, yes. And why, why did you decide initially to start doing the, 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 the red tent circles? And like, did you feel that where you were living, there was no such thing happening? Yeah, no such thing. I grew up in such like a tiny little conservative farm area. So there was nothing like that. I never had good relationships with women. But it was on a trip to Guatemala. I had just left my corporate job. And that was the first time I ever sat in a circle. And geez, Leah, I must have sobbed through the whole thing because I, I never felt so safe. And I did share things I would never, ever tell anyone. And it, it finally felt like I, I had a container held for me to let go. And so I became, of course, obsessed and started going to every circle I could. And I was so amazed by the power of that. And about a year later, I moved to a new area to start naturopathic school, actually. And um, I didn't know a single person there. I didn't have any family or friends there. And so I thought, what if, what if I put out a little announcement and see if maybe I can bring the sisterhood to me? And that's, yeah, it just bloomed from there. And was it like, was it received with in a positive way? Or like, do you feel like initially there were some like, did, did you face any challenges when you started this kind of work? Interestingly, when you asked that, I, I just had to pause and think about that. I don't think there were many challenges on the journey because I think people were so starved for connection and women want to connect. We want to be seen, but we struggle sometimes in this modern world where we're put against each other and we're taught that we're competition and we have to, you know, judge and compete with each other. So yeah, I remember that first circle I did, I had 25 women come to my house. And so we were like sitting in my living room, like on the wall, the whole, you know, because there were so many of us. <laughs> you were cramped. Thought, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was pre-corona, right? <laughs> this, yes. This was long before our, our modern struggles. <laughs> Where we could connect, right? Oh my gosh, I miss that. <laughs> Yeah, I I know, I know. But now, I mean, I know that some people are doing circles online, but I just feel it lacks the, like, although you connect, I, I just still miss the, the human aspect of connecting yeah. to one another, you yes. know? Mm-hmm. And and how do you do like how do you come up with all this information that you post online about period? It's like mainly your work, right? So this is your practice, this is what you do. Women come to you because they have problems with their period and other problems as well, right? Yeah, that's the thing. It's usually not one thing. So if someone has irregular periods, they probably also have adrenal fatigue, their thyroid may be, you know, with the doctor starting to say, hey, maybe at some point we want to look at medication, and they probably also have some acne. And so it's usually like like a layered cake. And so my job is figuring out what layer do we start on to try and balance everything. But yeah, over the years, I think a lot of my content just comes from the questions that I get. And it's been so clear to me that most of us know nothing about our bodies. And I was the same way. No one taught me what a cycle was. I didn't know what ovulation was. I didn't know what it meant if your cycle was irregular. So just giving this bite-sized information to people so that they can have some empowerment in their health. I think is the the greatest service I can offer to them. Yeah, definitely. Because I do think like, you know, knowledge is power because then I can decide whether I want to go this route or this route, but not knowing how my body function, how can I make decisions about my body if I don't even know how it works? 
you know isn't it crazy i just find like i i I too didn't know i didn't even know that we had a cycle i knew that it was called a cycle but i didn't know that we had we would go through four seasons right i didn't know i knew that i would have pms and period and that's it Mm -hmm. i didn't know that if you take the pill you wouldn't really menstruate i didn't know that like no you one know. told us that. No. Nope. <laughs> no. Can you talk to me about some of the biggest misconceptions people have in regards to period that you've oh heard? Gosh. Yeah, there's a lot. You just hit on a couple good ones though. One is that, yeah, it's just when you are actually bleeding. People don't know that there's three other phases that are equally as significant. And a lot of people experience symptoms in those other times of the month if there's an underlying imbalance, like you mentioned. PMS before you bleed in your luteal phase can tell us a lot about what could be going on with progesterone and your, your overall emotional health and stress levels. Or if we're spotting around ovulation in the middle of the month, that tells us a lot about estrogen and what could be going on in that layer of your health. So yeah, big misconception that your period is just when you bleed. Uh, another big misconception is that it's not important to have a menstrual cycle, so it's okay to be on birth control methods that delete it. And a lot of birth control works by turning off ovulation. And when people ask me what's the most important thing to age well or to, you know, have a healthy transition into menopause, it's ovulating every month, which is why it's scary when there's people that are, that are on birth control 20, 30 years, not ovulating that entire time. It's going to be a rough transition into menopause, certainly. Um, And I think the, The belief that I hear from a lot of people is that periods and menstruation is just supposed to be painful. It's just the way it is. It's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be challenging. You're supposed to take painkillers. My doll is normal. And it's it's so disempowering to me. When did we, when were we misled to believe that this has to be hard? And then when we have that mindset, well, that adds a whole new complexity if we're truly going into that every month with that ingrained belief that this is the worst time of the month and it's always painful. That's a big hurdle to overcome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, I was listening to an interview I did like a couple of summers ago with a Hindu scholar and the way they describe it, like it's through mythology and he was telling me, like, because I was trying to understand how religion, religious people view menstruation and the Hindu is the Hindu uh, religion states that period is a sin. So, like, there is one god who has a sin. He, he he kills a god. He kills another god, and then he wants to let go of his sin. So he decides to give his sin to people who want to take it. So he wouldn't wouldn't have to carry him. When women take his sin, they start to menstruate. So, you know, imagine like you grow up with this kind of like mindset that like menstruation is sin and therefore like the whole concept of sin entails pain, entails like torture, entails like, you know, nothing positive, right? Right, right. And it's the same in Christianity, original sin and Eve taking the apple and all of that. So that's, that's, that's wild to realize in a lot of these religions yeah, it's, it's so ingrained, right? It's so ingrained. And I think traditional medicine, like, you know, fed on that concept of sin somehow mm. and makes it even more like as a problem, like where period, like it's okay. It, you're, I mean, when I had my first period, 
I was told that it was going to be painful and that I could take Tylenol and like, you know, Voltaren, like, you know, hardcore pain medication to feel oh nothing, you know, wow. it was accepted then that like, you know, oh yeah, she has her period. It's okay. Just take some Tylenol. You'll be fine. Yeah. Do, do you remember your first period? Do you, do you remember like how it was? And like, do you think, did it affect maybe the work that you do? Did it have, did it play a role? I do remember my first cycle. I remember it wasn't, there was nothing special about it. We can at least say that. <laughs> and I just remember going to the bathroom. I was of course wearing my favorite underwear. I saw something dark in there and it took me like a day to tell my mom that I'd started my cycle. And when I think back, I don't remember her ever saying anything bad about menstruation. And so I, I often wonder where did that shame come from? Why did I feel like it was bad or why was I guilty or yeah, ashamed right. to admit to her that I had started that. So something subconsciously was put in there. Um, but I do remember being just handed a pad and told, well, you're going to have to deal with this the next 30, 40 years. So here's a pad and let me know if you need anything. And in the work I do now, and now knowing that in a lot of cultures and a lot of people do really make an effort to make that a really big initiation, a welcoming into menarche where even if it's just taking your daughter out to lunch or buying her some flowers or something, what a different mindset that would give us. So I wish that had been my experience, but at least yeah. people like you and I now, we get to teach people this wisdom so that with their daughters or their nieces or whatever, they can be the change. Yes, definitely. So do you see the work that you do a bit like of an activist work? Like, is that some... Yeah, I see if you would ask me that a couple of years ago, I would have said no, I'm just I'm just talking about health. But I think I, I am getting more and more fired up about it because of the things people say to me. Uh, for example, I had a, a message on Instagram a few days ago, a woman went in to have her IUD removed. And the doctor asked, why do you want this removed? And she said, well, because I just I don't want it in me anymore. I don't like the effects of it. And the doctor said, well, that's not a valid reason. We're not going to remove that today. Are you yeah, serious? These, these are the messages that make me so angry and like, what, like, what is this, what is with this system that believes that we don't know our bodies best? Why is this being so oppressed? Why is there not space for women to get real healthcare? That infuriates me. And so, so right. kind of, I guess it's, it's becoming more and more of an activism thing where I do feel like speaking out against a system that is continuing to oppress women. Right. Definitely. No, definitely. Because I, again, I think if men had their period, the conversation, they would not be nor taking IUD, nor putting IUD, nor putting tampon. They would not take the pill. They would be like, they would have days off when they would have their period. Like, you know totally. what I mean? It would all be built in. Yeah. <laughs> like, and we'd be, we'd be hand making their pads. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it would be that yeah. kind of scenario. Like, yeah. Isn't it, isn't it crazy? And yeah. like, how do you see your work progressing? Have you seen a change in the work that you've done since you started until now? Like, did you like, like without knowing shifted more towards menstruation? Like, and how do you see it progressing? How do you see your work moving forward? Yeah, I think it's interesting because even as a practitioner, people have more challenging health problems now than they did even when I started just a few years ago. So, you know, PCOS, for example, is something that most people are now being told they have. And, and there's a lot of complexity to these 
yeah, these, these health diagnoses people are receiving. So I think it's giving me more momentum though to continue to hyper-specialize because there isn't, there's not a lot of places to go for someone that only works with menstruation, ovulation, and our fertility cycles. Um, and in terms of where it's going, yeah, I feel more and more excited about speaking out against some of the biggest misconceptions. So I've been talking out a lot against birth control, not in like an anti-birth control thing, but more of a, if you were not taught this, you did not inform, you did not make an informed, empowered decision. And that's problematic. And if you didn't know these are side effects, now you know. So if you're experiencing these, you need to talk to your doctor and hopefully they listen to you, right? Right. So yeah, I think... The, what's building up for me is is a push or a nudge to really start making more waves in the norms around menstruation and give people information that they were always deserving to have. And do you feel that people are willing to listen? Do you, do you feel like there's a like like are they willing to open their eyes to a different way of looking at their body? Because sometimes, you know, they say that uh, living in ignorance is better for a lot of like, you know, right. I'd rather be ignorant and not know and be part of the system than right. have that knowledge. But do you feel there's an awakening happening? Because I, I feel that there's a feminine awakening happening around the world somehow where we're more aware of our body. But I don't know. What do you feel in your line of work? I totally agree with you. And I think those that have known something is off or those that have felt like they're, they're being passed around specialists and no one can figure out what's going on with them, they're fed up. These women feel like the system has failed them. So I think when they see this information, they're like, oh, this finally describes what I'm experiencing. This is that missing piece. But of course, yeah, you're going to have people that are like, it wasn't taught in my, you know, <laughs> medical. medical school in 1960, and I don't believe it. So, yeah, um, yeah. you know, what are you going to do? And did you see yourself when you started, like you're going to the naturopathy school, did you imagine yourself that you would become one day the menstruation queen and like dealing mainly with the feminine issues? Not necessarily. I... No, I, I wanted to stay quite broad. I really liked gut health and thyroid health, and I was fascinated about a lot of different things. But sometimes they say your purpose finds you before you're ready. And so when I started taking clients, I found that most of them were coming to me with period irregularities. And I'd already been doing the retreat portion, and then you know I was doing my own research to try and heal my own cycle. And so it kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm listening. I, <laughs> you know, it clearly... Right is what the need is right and is is there a link though like in natural like you know i know, I know in uh, chinese medicine they see a link like between your gut and your period your thyroid and your period do you create similar links in naturopathy are they all linked 100%. like uh, yeah very much so and then even even in you know western medicine or more of the science of hormones and stuff they're totally linked as well you know you can think of like your stress hormones like cortisol being like the base of the pillar and then you have your thyroid and then you have your sex hormones so by the time we see something imbalanced like in the thyroid or in progesterone or estrogen or something we can see like we're probably missing the biggest piece which is stress why is the body locked in fight or flight and you know so the, but this is what we're missing in a lot of approaches which is you're low in progesterone here's a progesterone cream that's, that didn't, that's it right that didn't get to the point yeah 
Right. And what can I ask you? What is what was your relationship with your menstrual cycle? Like, what what were your struggles? Mm. My period was super irregular, so it was very unpredictable. Sometimes it'd go nine months without having a period, and then when it would come, very painful, very um, like dark, clotty kind of blood, and uh, yeah, really, really painful. So usually that first day I was in bed, and then yeah, the the solution was birth control. What I didn't know then, what I was an athlete during my adolescence, and so you know, turns out you can't run 10 miles a day and expect your period to be normal, but no one okay. ever correlated that for me. So I had no idea that that was maybe not conducive to my hormones. And um, yeah, but the irregularity was the hardest thing for me. And I don't know for sure, but now I wonder if I was even ovulating consistently. I wouldn't be surprised if I wasn't. Uh, and you managed to kind of rework, rework your cycle or rebalance your cycle through a naturopathic approach to the cycle. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of it was the stress and the thyroid component. So both of those were definitely imbalanced. And so once I started to bring those back into balance, my period regulated, the cramping was far less. And then even making little switches to, you know, a menstrual cup, learning how to slow down during my period, all of it compounded to make a totally different experience. Yeah. Yeah. And in the naturopathic approach, do you use herbs? Like what, how, what, what does it look like? Like, do you have like, I know homeopathy, they give you the small white balls. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. Chinese medicine is the, the needles. What does mm-hmm. natu- naturopathy use as a medicine if we need medicine? Yeah. Yeah. So there is, there's a huge toolbox to pull from. So everyone kind of specializes with their own tools they like. So good supplementation. So minerals and vitamins and, uh, you know, that sounds really simple, but you know, for example, if someone has a hormone imbalance, sometimes they're just missing the right nutrients to produce the right hormones. So it can be that simple. I do use a lot of herbal medicine. Herbs are so beautifully, so beautifully created to work exactly with our bodies and our cells. So they're so symbiotic in how they work together. Um, some people do more body work therapies and then nutrition and exercise becomes a huge part of it as well. And uh, exercise, I mentioned just because most of us exercise too much for our cyclical health. So sometimes it's kind of rewiring our whole perspective of what it means to be healthy. And yeah, a lot of the misbeliefs we've been given. Wow. Okay. So it's really a holistic approach to the body and to the cycle per se. Yes. Yes. Uh, wow. See, I, that's one thing I haven't seen yet personally, because I tried, mm-hmm. like, I tried all things. I tried the the homeopath. I tried um, uh, Chinese medicine, mm-hmm. but the naturopathic, because I couldn't find one here really in Dubai. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know of any good naturopath right. that was recommended to me. Right. It is hard. They sometimes we're a little elusive in. Like, you know, if you go to Oregon or something, there's probably a million of them. But what about these other places? Yeah. 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 But a uh, quick question. Naturopathy is, is a new medicine or it's an old medicine? Like, it's is very it... old. Yeah. So it's been around since the beginning of time. Um, so the, the term naturopathy was more so coined in the 1800s. But those modalities were, you know, based in homeopathy, which is very ancient, based in Western medicine, or excuse me, Western herbalism, right? Um, pieces of Ayurveda. So it was kind of like lots of little missing pieces that were pulled together under that umbrella. 
Wow. All right. Cool. I have to, I have to explore it. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to come yeah. to you. I'll have to come to you, Ted, to see you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a lot of naturopaths, myself included, we're a hundred percent online. So that's also the cool time in history, you know, where medicine's mostly online right now. Ah, really? So people can take appointments with you online? Yep. A hundred percent online. Oh, yeah. wow. All right. I didn't yeah. know that. And with yeah. um, the last question that I had, I'm just going to look. What are the five important things you think women should know about their periods? That's my yeah. last question for you. Like, how would you, if you have five um, uh, tips to give to women that can change their way of uh, bleeding or having a cycle? Yeah. So it's hard to summarize just five, <laughs> but if I had to give someone a starting point or yeah, or someone's listening to this and is intrigued, but feels like my cycles are so painful and irregular, where do you even begin? So the first thing is I think is the mindset piece. And that is choosing to see your body in its symptoms as some sort of message. So your body's not doing anything to just make your life terrible. It's not doing anything at random. So if we can shift from my body's the worst and having a lot of resentment around our cycle into there's something my body's trying to tell me something is off internally. If I'm having this extreme symptom, that's such a different approach. That's a real softening. It's much more compassionate. So see your symptoms as messages and be willing to go a little bit deeper to see what they mean. That's really important. The second piece is during your menstrual cycle, especially your hormones dip to the lowest level through your entire cycle. And so this is why during our period, we tend to feel tired really introverted. Inherently, we want to just sit on the couch and drink some tea, right? That's biologically what we want to do. And so the idea of rest around your menstrual cycle is perhaps the greatest tool you can ever implement to see long-term changes in your cycle. It sounds really simple, but that simple act of listening to your body and slowing down as much as you can, whether that's 10 minutes on the couch, a couple hours, whatever, will make huge ripple effects in your cyclical healing in the long term. So schedule time for yourself during your period. Um, in terms of your period, some other important things to remember are high intensity impact workouts are not going to balance your period. So choosing to lean away from those a little bit and opt for something restorative or better yet, just have a few days of rest. Remember that during your, um, period phase and that phase right before it, if you struggle with PMS, focus on eating regularly, consistently, and eating blood sugar balancing foods. So things like sweet potato or brown rice or quinoa, um, things that are not sugary so that they don't spike your blood sugar. So that's a huge thing with PMS, especially keep blood sugar balanced. Right. And then lastly, for more of a, a practical tool, if your cramping is really intense, don't discount the power of magnesium. So I usually have it right here on my desk, but I don't. Um, just a magnesium spray and spraying that on your, your elbow creases or behind your knees or those areas where your skin is thin every night before bed can make a night and day difference in painful periods. So if that's your specific concern, get some magnesium spray. You will thank me later. And, they, and they, it works with period pain. Amazingly amazingly and the spray not the tablets not the pill i prefer the spray yeah i find that it's easier for the body to assimilate typically because if we have an imbalanced gut for example we may not be assimilating what we put in you know in terms of supplements 
So the spray is really nice. Your body will take what it wants, leave what it doesn't. And uh, yeah, spray it on before bed. It'll also help you sleep. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to try it because I take, I take like the pill every night, okay. every morning, actually. Wow. Oh. So these, these five tips are like actually can, are revolutionary. Like it took me two years to get to one of them, <laughs> get to practice one of them. But you right. know what I mean? Like they yeah. are really revolutionary. Thank you. Yeah, like, thank, thank you for you. sharing. Yes. No, but you know, because that's the shocking thing is that like when you say them, they're like, they make sense. But right. But they, but they, if, if nobody tells you this, you would never think of like allowing yourself to take time off, for example, when you have right. your period. Yeah, exactly. We're so ingrained. Go, go, go. Hustle. Yeah. yeah. But like you said, when we hear truth, it resonates. Yes, really, truly. Like, honestly, it's like, this is why it's so important, the work that you're doing and the messages that you keep putting up and like your videos and the, your content is so empowering to women. And I, and I, you know, my hope is that women who are not really open to that get to also see this content and, you know, to get a different perspective because they are also yes. entitled to another perspective that might change their life, you know? Yes, yes. well said. Really? Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Cassandra, for your time, for this interview, for everything. Uh, I really appreciate the work that you do. And I, I might get in touch with you myself yeah. <laughs> for, for, for a session. Just to, like, I'd like to try it out to see how it works, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, until, until we get to those deeper layers, sometimes it's hard to see big changes in our health. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and our health is like our wealth after all, right? Seriously. Like we have one Seriously. body and we should take care of it be before everything, I think. I agree. Yep. It's the best asset we can have. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to share, like, and subscribe and participate in my first period project or the pad art. All information are on the site i-bleed.com. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to share, like, and subscribe, and participate in my first period project or the pad art. All information are on the site i-bleed.com.